All right. Welcome, everyone, to another fantastic episode of Elvis Type Podcast. John, how was that? It was good, you know. Uh, good interview. I like Ben a lot. That was our guest. Uh, I think a lot of people will take a lot away from that when it talks about not only jiu-jitsu, but some other interesting parts of life. Yeah, well, today we have Ben Phelps on. He is a jiu-jitsu purple belt. And his story, if you have follow social media at all, you might have seen him on if you follow the My White Belt page, he's lost 160 pounds and, and is a a big advocate for jujitsu weight loss. He does personal coaching for people for macronutrients and, and whatnot. And he is a great guy, super down to earth, a lot of fun to talk to. I had a blast. Uh, he also does a podcast, the What Now podcast. And he, yeah, if you guys want to follow him, everything will be down in the description below. But he is a great, great guy to talk to. He's very relatable to a lot of people because mm -hmm. he's a he's an everyday dad. You know, he has kids. Uh, he doesn't do jujitsu, you know, eight, ten times a week. He's like two to three times a week is is perfect for him, just like most of but us. But uh, so. still a pretty active competitor, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah he's uh, competed. I think he said like four or five times at each belt. And is looking to do the same at, at Purple Belt too, um, but yeah, he's is a, is a really good interview. You guys, let us know what you think. Um, it's nice to talk to people that are super relatable too. Don't get me wrong; I love talking to high level black belts, but I feel sometimes, uh, and we mentioned this in the episode, sometimes they're a little disconnected from what it's like to be at our level or even a purple. You know what I mean, and and things along those nature. So it was it was good to talk to him. It's nice. I, I kind of want to talk to more people like brown and or purple, blue, and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. That have interesting stories. So hopefully you guys find some value in this. He is very inspirational and down, like I said, down to earth. So if you guys like him, uh, let us know. And if you want to see us talk to more people like this, let us know too. So. Um, but yeah, John, what was our beverage of the day? I was going to say it was nothing too exciting. We nothing. just went for coffee today. Coffee. We just, our episode that just released was coffee, Sunday coffee with elbows tight today. It is Monday's coffee with elbows tight. That's <laughs> true. Memorial That's true. Day. It is. So yeah. if you guys are, we well, guys won't be listening to this on Memorial Day, but hopefully you had a good Memorial Day in remembrance and whatnot. And there goes my dog. A little trivia. What was it called before Memorial Day? It used to have a different name. What was it? I'm not telling you. Google oh, okay. There's, well, there's your trivia for the day. <laughs> on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, give us a five star review on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, follow us, Elbows Tight, everywhere, elbowstight.com, Elbows Tight Pod on uh, Instagram. And yeah, we guys uh, appreciate it. Let us know what you guys think. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Oh, Ben, do you have your beverage of the day? I completely forgot. Oh, uh, you know what's funny is that I have listened to the podcast before. I knew there was a beverage, and uh, I left it. I didn't want to be late. I do have water, uh, which I go. don't consider an applicable beverage, or I don't think it necessarily <laughs> counts, but um, that's all I got well, for now. So, Well, well, well first of all, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, people that say water doesn't have a flavor, I think that uh, they are lying, because if you've never drank Arrowhead warm, you know for sure that there's flavored water out there, because Arrowhead water warm tastes horrible. But you're not supposed to, it's probably old water, and you're drinking the plastics at that point. <laughs> you know what? You know what's so funny? That my I'm son, right. Charles, my oldest, just told me this. He said, did you know after two days of drinking from a b plastic water bottle, you have microscopic uh, plastic. plastic going into your your body and i was like no it's not it's not true and then 
was like, well, interesting fact. Right. That's why you're you... not supposed to leave it in your car. Bottles of water in your car, the heat causes the plastic to decay quicker. That's why it has that funny taste when you leave it in your car. Ugh. What? Yeah. It's that ah. plastic taste. <laughs> but uh, hey, Ben, how's it going today, man? Oh, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Super excited to have you on today. Uh, three dads sitting in a room for about an hour is actually very hard to <laughs> get going. <laughs> we learned, especially as scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. Ben sent me, uh, it was probably about a four paragraph uh, explanation <laughs> of his his weekday uh, extravaganza with his children and jujitsu and all of his busyness. So I was like... I. Just tell me when you can do it. Okay. Yeah. Four paragraphs <laughs> to say I'm only available for these three hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Throughout the entire week, not not on a single day. Right. Just three. <laughs> so how's your how's your morning going, man? Good. Well, for me, afternoon. Uh, I'm in Virginia, oh, right. Eastern Time. Um, yeah. So, but I had a, a good morning. Recorded a podcast of my own, uh, and now I have the easy part because I just get to sit here and talk. I don't have to mess with settings or lines of questioning or anything like that. So I'm feeling good. Yeah. Like literally what I just did for probably about 10 minutes before getting <laughs> pressing record. It's just, it was I was just, thinking that's, that's always the case for me. Travis does most of the work. I yeah. just sit here and talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. John, John's, nice. <laughs> John's like, Oh, we Travis. have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for $1 a day, you can. <laughs> now I was, what's funny is a uh, quick segue is I was actually thinking about like using, uh, the knowledge that I have gained from doing this podcast and then like doing some freelance for people to like help them with their podcast through like social media posts or like, I don't know if you've seen our reels that, that I make for the podcast, like how they have like B-roll and text on screen and stuff like that. I was like, yeah. man, maybe I should, I should uh, start hiring or getting freelance jobs and doing that for people and see, see if I can make a little bit of side money. So if you're out there, you have a podcast, let me know if that'd be something you're interested in. And then, and then look <laughs> yeah. at your schedule again. And, yeah. and then be like, oh, actually, maybe I won't. I yeah, know that's, that's the main thing holding me back. Yeah, I'm sure Ben always. can attest to that, dude. Yeah, like scheduling is. So how do you fit in your, your jujitsu during the week with, with such a, a busy schedule like you have, man, do you just, do you, do you calendar everything out or, like, do you have a personal assistant or like, what is it? Uh, well, I wish, like I said, I need a Travis. I need an assistant. I could use a lot of things, but <laughs> I guess for now it's just me. Um, and I, oh, I mean, it changes by the season, right? Because my kids, I mean, they're very active, but only for basically spring and fall, right? So then I kind of look at it as my season can be the other. So I get summer and winter, right? So that's typically when I'm training the most and competing. So, um it really, I have to adjust, right? That's really the easiest way to say it. So like when my kids are doing sports, I just shoot for a minimum two classes a week. That is like, that's what makes me feel good, right? Even if they're not in sports, <laughs> like that's the, that's the threshold for like feeling ah, like that was not worth it. It's probably not the right term, but it just scratches an itch, right? Uh, three yeah. is like, three is nice. Three is what I, what I like. And in a perfect world, which I can only maintain for maybe two months cumulative out of the year, be like four times a week. Uh, but I've only for the last, wow, two months, three months, I've been going one to three times a week, just depending. So like, I, uh, I kind of, I don't want to say take a backseat, but we definitely have to schedule. It takes a lot of planning. Yeah. I'm, I'm at like two times a week right now. And if, if I'm feeling, you know, like 
uh, I want to put my marriage on the line. I'll, I'll do three times the week. You know what I mean? But most, <laughs> most weeks I'm, it's just two times a week if I can make it. And then, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. I think we talked about it on one of the previous episodes. Uh, you know, sometimes you get ready for jujitsu and something happens and you can't go. You know what I mean? So, um, and I'll, I'll trade that to have my family and everything like that every day of the week. You know what I mean? Jordan, yeah. Jordan Pressinger, like you just talked about, right? He, he talks about if you're like unmotivated and you don't want to go do it for the calories, which I'm sure you can attest to also, yeah. right? Like I have used that strategy myself. I didn't know it was formally <laughs> a strategy, but I have done yes. it. Yes. Yes. Just do it. Yeah. You, you just tell yourself, you're like, I just got to do it for the calories. Just, just do, do it for the, the calories. calories. Yeah. Yeah. So, calorie hey, burn. Let's, let's get into how you got into jujitsu and the journey leading up to and everything like that. Cause if people don't know your story, uh, you actually featured on the My White Belt Instagram page, too, uh, showing the before and after um, of your weight loss and stuff like that. And it's a real inspirational story for a lot of people. And I would love to go through kind of like a, you know, we don't have to go day by day timeline, right. but kind of like how, how, how you got from, you know, being your previous self to now being a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and winning a bunch of medals and, and whatnot. So if you could just go, give us a brief history of that. Well, I, that was flattering. Right. And, and the, my white belt thing was honestly, that would like, I didn't even realize he was going to share it. Um, it's like, I'd interacted the page a little bit. So when that came out, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. And then, yeah, a lot of people started coming in, uh, which has been nice because as much as I tend to fall into a weight loss clump or a cluster on social media, I really am trying to get more into the jujitsu thing, right. Trying to insert myself in the community, so to speak. So thank you for the chance, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah, the quick ish version, right. Give the highlights. I was essentially, uh, overweight my whole life, right. Tail as old as time. Um, I got up to like, I mean, just gaining weight constantly, essentially from the time I was born until I was about 24 years old. Uh, I had had a handful of attempts to lose weight before then. Um, didn't work <laughs> right. Got, so I got up to 333 pounds. So I was the heaviest I ever wow. weighed at 24. Uh, I'm six foot just for reference, because everyone always asks and I never say it. So I remembered this time. Um, I started getting serious about losing weight when I was 24. And in the next about year, I lost uh, 124 pounds. So I was 209. Holy crap. I was 209 pounds and that felt really good, right? I was like really proud of myself and things were going well. Uh, and then I had talking about life, right? Getting in the way of this and that. I had like kind of a crazy period, some job like instability, right? I worked in a, like in a data center. Uh, and then I lost, like I left that job. Uh, and that was just, it really like a lot of things shook this up and I gained back 80 pounds, uh, in about the next eight or nine months, uh, really quick. I, for better or worse, my body reacts quickly. So like my losses happen quick, but I also put on quick, right? Like it just tends to be the pattern for me. Uh, so I put on about 80 pounds and just in a little over six months, like almost eight months, I think, uh, then I decided that enough's enough, right? I, I, the biggest thing that got me there was like, I could no longer say like, oh, I've lost over a hundred pounds, right? Like that was a big sense of pride. And then once the scale went back up, I couldn't say that anymore, right? And the math doesn't work out. So, um, I mean, not just that, obviously there are a lot of reasons I needed to kind of recommit, but that was like the big one that hit me. Uh, I lost 111 pounds in a year and a half. Damn. So I got down to 178, which was my lowest ever. Uh, and then somewhere in that last, in that second part of weight loss, when I got right, when I got at 200 pounds, what I wanted to reward myself with was jujitsu. So 
I had lost most of that weight, right? All but the last 21 pounds or 22 pounds uh, before I ever stepped on the mat. But that definitely accelerated that last little bit. Um, yeah, it got me down to 178. I started that in uh, September of 2017, just to kind of button the timeline up, I guess. Um, and yeah, I've been training ever since. You had mentioned something about you'll go more often if you'll risk like family life, like making the wife ha- uh, unhappy or whatever. So like I definitely... For the first probably year, I like I overdid it, right? Because I was all in, like obsessive. Um, so that it, the positive in that is that I did make some good progress, right? Because I was training a lot constantly for the first year or so. Um, I still train a lot, as you heard in my explanation earlier, right? Of how often I like to get in there, but it's a uh, it's not as obsessive or controlling in my life as it was then. Um, and yeah, I'm purple belt now. I got that in twenty. I got that last year. Uh, the middle of last year. And uh, I got down to 178. I'm now, just to be clear, I'm 100 and, well, today I'm 199 pounds, but I kind of ate like an asshole the last couple of days. I tend to float, I tend to float 194, 195. Uh, that's where I like to like chill, right? That's like good weight for me. Uh, and then when I compete, depending on how close it is and stuff like that, I'll cut down maybe 185 or hang out 195, fit in whatever class that is. So that's the quick version, I think. Is that good? <laughs> Yeah, no, bullet, that was great. Bullet no, pointed enough, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you like have like something on the side, and you're like, and then I was there, and then. <laughs> I've, well, you no. get, when you lost a lot of weight and you've done these podcasts and stuff like that, you get pretty good. It almost feels rehearsed. So, like, I've told yeah. the story so many times that I know kind of what's important and what not to. Like you said, I'm not going to waste my time on the day to day stuff unless we want to dig into something. But I'll let you guys decide that. Was it all diet and exercise on the losing of the weight and? Was it like stress and work that put it back on or just delicious uh, food? Well, well, yes. <laughs> right. So, but, I mean, that just about hits the nail on the head. Cause it was, I mean, just diet and exercise, especially at three, 333 pounds or even, even anywhere around that 300 mark, like exercise is limited, right? Like exercise meant walking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but yeah, just movement activity and trying to keep progressing that. So, you know, if you can walk, I can walk one mile now without, feeling like I'm going to die. Maybe I'll push it to two and take two to three, four, five. Uh, but then diet was, is the biggest driver, right. For, for weight loss. So like, even with the times I was inactive, uh, which I had gone through periods of that and still dieting, I could push the weight down. Um, my approach has changed significantly from the time I started to the, t- to where I am now. Um, but for the better, <laughs> right. Like, uh, made a lot of mistakes, but also had really good, a really good foundation. Cause that, from that initial attempt for me, it was all about like whole foods, right? Like just don't eat processed food, essentially, essentially like uh, no sugars, no grains. Uh, so it's like, you know, potatoes, meat, broccoli, like things that I really enjoy eating anyway. Right. It's, it's probably harder for someone who loves bread and pasta. Whereas like me, I'd always would have gotten steak, right. It's just kind of like, for me, it was cleaning up some of these other choices, like not getting dessert after I had the steak dinner, right. Like that. So that was a little easier to manage. Um, so yeah, I was cleaning it up. And then as I progressed, I got a little more calculated and dialed in. And now it's, I go through waves of specificity. If I said that correctly, <laughs> I go through waves of how controlled I want to be, um, and how controlled I'm not, but like diet has been the constant the whole time, no matter what the activity was, whether it was walking, lifting weights or doing jujitsu, right. It was always diet was always the driver that kind of pushed everything for better or worse. <laughs> it, it's funny. You mentioned, you know, how you kind of just you brush off walking as exercise and a lot of people don't realize, you know, we, 
like step counting, like 10,000 steps a day is about 5,000 5, miles, five miles, right? And if you take 10,000 steps a day and you just like cut something out of your diet, like that's that's a huge step already, right? That's more activity than a lot of people get. Uh, that's more activity than I get right now because, you know, with the newborn and, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest where it's freaking yesterday was a monsoon outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, two kids under two. So when I can't get my steps in, it's like I could feel the difference even the next day of, yeah. you know, just feeling feeling better. No, that, it, you know, helps your metabolism, bloat and stuff like that and walking around. And we live in a hilly area. But a lot of people underestimate how just going for a 10, 15 minute walk can help out. You know what I mean? It's just it's just crazy to me. And when I was a CrossFit coach, um, one thing that really stuck out to me the most wasn't the people, wasn't the moments of people showing up to the gym after losing a bunch of weight or, you know what I mean, the, the gradual progression. To me, the biggest reward was when people came in and they're like, hey, I walked up my stairs today and didn't get out of breath. I'm like, that's that's amazing. Like, hey, man, I carried all the groceries into the house today <laughs> in one trip. I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? I put my shoes on today and it wasn't hard. You know, like those things that we as people take advantage of and don't realize like how big of an impact it is on someone else's life until you start hearing about that small victory that people have, like walking a mile and not getting tired. Like yeah. you have to look at these micro uh, the, these micro victories because then they turn into macro you know what i mean like you gotta yep. you gotta celebrate the the little things too right john mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's like john after stack, after having you know? his yeah yeah absolutely yeah. well i didn't do any any exercise for like two and a half three months right after that shoulder surgery and then i was just like had to go walk really far at work and i was like holy shit man I almost got like cramps in my calves <laughs> i was like that was rough i was like yeah you don't do anything for a long time, I could imagine. Like, it, it's yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you mentioned in your story, too, that you got – when you first started jiu-jitsu, man, how, how how true is that? You Everyone, I feel, when they first start jiu-jitsu, they start seeing a little bit of progression or they fall in love with it to the point to where they overdo it. You know what I mean? Like, we did the same thing we until did. we got our blue belts. It was four or five times a week. You yeah, know what I mean? Same. Like, That's so funny. Because when yeah. I said the first year, but like it took, I got my blue belt in a little over a year, right? And yeah. And that was that first year. And then it was just like balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then once I got my blue belt, I slowly have been calibrating. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we are. Like John, John's, he, he's completely dead set on like, yeah, I'm going to be a blue belt forever. Look, okay. I'm in no rush. I'm fine. Like I'm <laughs> good. Be. Like I'll take my time. Yeah. It's, it's just going to, it'll have, I'm just going to slowly go two yeah. three times a week and that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone grabs that, you know, they get that that obsession with jujitsu when they first start, man. And it's completely normal. If if you guys are out there listening, you're like, man, I just want to go, 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 go. And it's like, well, at some point, the problem with that, at some point, you are going to get burnt out. Whether it's after you get your blue belt or you win your tournament or whatever it is, like you still have to have that healthy that healthy relationship with jujitsu. Otherwise, you're just gonna it's just gonna be detrimental to yourself. You know what I mean, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, that's it's funny because there's so much overlap, and like maybe it's just me having those two personal experiences, right, with jujitsu and weight loss. But there's so much overlap, right? Because like it's like what you were just saying. It's um, looking at a sorry. It's a, I'm so sorry. Never mind. 
Uh, but there's just a lot of overlap. It was I, there's noise, and my kids are still home, so I was just checking. <laughs> um, sorry if any of it came through, and sorry for slowing things down. But um, no, you're good. You're good, man. Uh, no, but there's there's just a lot of overlap, right? So it's all about easing yourself into these things, right, and kind of finding the approach because yeah, you can you can overdo it, you can burn it out. Um, it's it's just crazy because like, and I'll I'll probably do this a handful, like dozens of times as we talk, but I'll relate one to the other because it's. It's all about making progress. It's just what's the thing, right, that you're trying to make progress in. That's yeah. Yeah, it's true. I saw I saw something on uh, Instagram. I do a lot of Instagramming right now because we're trying to grow our social media accounts and you know get more more people listening to the show. But one thing that stuck out to me was this post. I forgot who it was, but it was talking about uh, progress, right? It's like it was talking about how. People look at progress and that's what they, you know, they're, they're happy with progress, but you could be making progress in the wrong direction, right? You want progress in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like, and with jujitsu, yeah, you could be making progress in the right direction of like learning all these techniques or competing all the time, right? But if you're, you're making progress in the wrong way because you're not practicing these fundamental movements or you're not showing up to class or you're going to nothing but open mats, like that could be progression in the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like those, you have to take those into considerations also. Or losing weight, like you just said, losing weight the wrong way too. You can make progression in weight loss and do it completely wrong and then eat a steak and gain 10 pounds afterwards because your body's like so calorie deficient. You're like, holy crap, man. People ask me a lot of times, just again, because the nature of what I'm doing on social media, it's like, what's the fastest way to lose weight? And I'll just be like, don't eat. And I mean, because like realistically, right, is that if you want a like super extreme, if you want the fastest approach, right, it's just, okay, we'll just stop eating. And then it's, and then I follow that up, right? Because it's like, well, that sounds ridiculous, right? Because it's like, you can't just never never eat. So you have to, yeah, ease yourself into that thing. Because typically, you may benefit good or bad for a short time doing an extreme approach, but something's going to have to give, right? Even if it's not your body or physically, like we talked about marriage, when you go all out on jujitsu, it's like your relationships suffer, right? You're maybe your body physically suffers. Like there's something's going to give at some point, unless you can find a, you know, a sweet spot. And for some people, maybe they can go that much, right. Depending on who the listener is, maybe they're not dads, right. Like they're not like us. Maybe right. they have a little more, a little more capacity to give it. But I think uh, broadly this, this applies to pretty much anyone listening, right. It's like you got, don't, don't overdo it with any of this stuff. Yeah. And also don't fall into like the social media trap of seeing all these high level competitors on on Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And they're training like champs and, you know, they're winning medals and stuff like that, because honestly, that's not general population of jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like you can't look at that and be like, John's like, man, this 42 year old like uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. Right. He's he's the same age as John. John's not going to compete the way he does or isn't going to be doing all stuff that he does. Right. You have to you have to stay within your life. I have blinders on when I look at Instagram. I'm like, man, that technique looks great. Not going to work for me next. (laughs) (laughs) So what was a folder full of things saved that I'll probably never attempt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Save it. And then I go to like actually try. So it's like, how do I how are they? Putting it? Yeah, it's, can't. It's, they're beyond. That's beyond me a lot of times. Yeah. yeah, I just uh, I just talked about this in a in a post and I was talking about how we don't we don't really consume outside instruction anymore in our jiu-jitsu journey right now because i really just try to focus on what's being taught in class because we would we were heavy into you know like roy dean bj fanatics gracie online like all these like 
Instagram, YouTube, like any anywhere we could get information on jiu-jitsu going back to when you first start, especially if you're trying to get your blue belt. Uh, when you just ab- absorb all this information, it was it was hard because I was like, man, yeah, I know how to do some of these things, but I, I'm forgetting what we're doing in class or I can't execute what's going on in class the next day or whatever. So we kind of put a back burner on on looking at stuff, huh? Yeah, but I think uh, when you're when you're new to the journey, you kind of need to do that because yeah. you don't have the opportunity in class to really see the technique over and over yeah. and over again. So it helps to go look at those and be like, yeah. all right, you know, you can slow it up, you can rewind it, and, you know. Because you remember in class we used to just count the steps, and I knew if I hit <laughs> a certain number of steps, then I'm, I was never going to get it. So I'd, I'd be like, one, two, three, oh, man, 16 steps to that move, never going to get it. <laughs> right. not, well, not that's important, right? If you're, you're talking about being the new person and it's like watching it over and over again, it's, yeah, make sure it's like a basic armbar setup from guard, right? <laughs> don't don't watch rubber guard tutorials when you've been going for two months. <laughs> right. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, yeah. That is an important th- piece of it. I think everyone, when they first start, they see 10th Planet or Eddie Bravo, and they're like, I want to do rubber guard. I'm like, don't freaking worry about rubber guard. You don't even know yeah. what side control is. <laughs> yeah. You don't know how to escape when someone's in your guard. Like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> so what was White Belt Band like, though? Like, what, what was it? Uh, what, what was your first couple months like uh, besides the obsession? Like, tell us tell us what it was like when you made that that conscious decision of I'm going to start in your first class. You know what I mean? Like, was it what was an eye opener or whatever? Well, I think in, in a word, brutal, right? It was like when you start, everybody kind of like, you don't realize how intense it is. Like even, I mean, it's not like I didn't realize it was an intense thing, right? But I was like, I can do this. Right? I've been working out for a while, lost a bunch of weight, feeling good. Uh, and you, yeah, you go in there and you can't even like barely make it through warm up. And I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, what's happening? Uh, so yeah, it was, that part was, it kind of showed me how, fitness one i guess lesson is like there's definitely different kinds of fitness right or there's levels to these to everything so like i did was not in jujitsu shape um something positive i learned about myself because i had been like i said i was heavy my whole life right? i never did anything active um which i've actually the more i've thought about it go being so obsessive with jujitsu even to this day now that i manage it better i'm pretty sure it comes from a place of like having never been that athlete like person, right? Like I don't, I don't have a story about playing football in high school where we went to whatever championship, right? Like I did, I had no athletic career. That's a real loose term, right? Athletic career for me. Um, so I think I'm like almost trying to compensate now, like make up for lost time. Um, so that was one thing is like, it it was the first time I was ever moving my body. So I was really learning about what limitations were, but then like I was saying a good thing or a positive thing I learned is that I'm surprisingly flexible and every, everyone at gym always asks like, what do you do? Right. Oh, you stretch like you do yoga. So I was like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't do anything for this. Right. It's kind of like I stretch now, like I lean into it and I try to keep it right. Or like not let it deteriorate, maybe push it a little further. Um, but I didn't do anything to get here. So maybe that's not the most helpful thing, but that did show me something about my body that I never would have realized. I don't think if I didn't start jujitsu because even if, I mean, CrossFit, that's a very limited level, right, of flexibility. I probably wouldn't have realized how flexible I was doing anything else. Um, and I also went in there. I think everyone goes in with more expectation of themselves. I was like, okay, like a couple weeks, and I'll probably start feeling pretty good about this, right? It's like, no, you're 
you're just not good for a long time. Right. And I don't know if I can speak like hyper, like with hyperbole like that. Right. Like, I don't know if it's okay to be so extreme. Cause like you will get better. Right. Obviously. But I think most people's timeline is kind of off on that. Right? Mine was for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mine was not, was not accurate. Um, and cause I even had, I had a, a buddy of mine who, um, who's also in this weight loss space, but he started jujitsu and he asked me like for advice and I remember telling him, and I'm not proud of the terms, but he kind of he kind of got it. And the further he goes in jujitsu, now we still talk about it like it's true, right? But I was like, you'll never like be good, but you'll definitely start sucking less, right? Like that was kind of the it's like <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. <laughs> you'll, I still don't feel like I'm good at it, right? Like um, I can go back objectively, and you know, you can look at medals or things like that, or like your performance in the gym. And if I really look at it and say, okay, well, obviously, like I'm not terrible. But I still don't feel good, but I definitely feel like I suck less, right? So, like, the further I go, the more I believe that to be true, even though it might be a semi-toxic way of saying it, right? But, like, so, yeah, I think it was mainly for me, it was just expectation. I thought, in a to sum it up nicely, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. But I also think that part of how hard it is is what makes me like it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. When... When I first started, I, I tell the story all the time, but, you know, I was in the best shape of my life and it meant absolutely nothing when I first started jujitsu and we were getting tapped by guys that had, what, four or five months. I think the, there was a guy that had one stripe on his white belt and he would just kick yeah, everyone's everyone, butt. Yeah, just destroyed us all. You know, man, man get that stripe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's true. You don't realize like how how much of training makes a difference even even if it's just a, a little bit and like how long it takes to actually get there people get so obsessed with you know uh these milestones that they want to hit whether it's winning a tournament or getting a belt or getting a stripe and they they forget that just because your buddy got a stripe doesn't mean that you're going to get a stripe you know, you could have started at the same time, but it, your journeys are, can take completely different paths. My journey isn't the same as John's journey. I'm 10 years younger than John, right? I have a lot less injuries than John. John John shouldn't expect to keep up with me or vice versa um, because our journeys are just different, man. Like, right. it takes a long time to suck less at jujitsu, yeah. <laughs> right? you know, and you just got to be okay with that. You can't, you can't sit there and expect the world, you know? And like I said, I think it's always like, what are you comparing yourself to? I don't yeah. really compare myself to anyone in the classes anymore. If anything, I'd be like comparing myself to your average Joe that's had no training and I'm fine. Yeah. Like, Hey, well, I know if that guy's had none and what I've had, I'm, you know, I'm good to go. That's, that's where I always do my measurements. Not really against the class anymore. You yeah. Know? Roy yeah. Dean put out in, in our interview with him, a good, a good point of view. He doesn't even look at, people really against other people in the class he looks at them against themselves right he's like one big thing that stuck out to me during the interview he's like well that guy kicked that guy's ass when he first walked into the gym right would you kick your own ass when you first walked into the gym like absolutely right so that you have to keep that in mind like you you would beat old i would beat the shit out of 19 year old travis if he were to say something to me right now (laughs) (laughs) you know you have to keep that in mind right like how do you look at your your journey do you look in a similar way, Ben? Yeah. So, and so big thing for me was like reframing, like what I thought, cause at first I was like, you know, essentially the jujitsu metric for success is I go to class and like, how many times did I tap and how many times did I get the submission? Right. So like, that was my black and white way of looking at it initially. Uh, and like I said, then I was like, this is not, this isn't going to go as smoothly, right. As I thought it was gonna. 
So we really had to start reframing it. So now like then it became, okay, when I rolled with this person, they, I tapped three times last time. I'm doing it less than that this time, right? Zero, ideally, like maybe I just survived the whole round, right? It would be a good metric or like pr- way to find some progress there. Um, but maybe it's twice and twice is still less than three times, right? So it was, yeah, it was really just shifting and reframing the way that I looked at like, what was a win, right? We talked a little bit about like looking for wins in weird places earlier when we were talking about like weight, like weight loss and stuff. So you do it in yeah. jujitsu too, right? Survival is a win, in a lot of cases, right? Especially early going back to who we're trying to talk to. Right. So. Yeah. I remember the first time I didn't get tapped in a, in a role with our buddy Cody. I literally got up and like, you know, like fish pumped the sky. I was like, <laughs> I didn't get tapped. And it could, could have been because he wasn't trying very hard or whatever, but in my mind, that was a victory. You know still what I mean? Counts. So yes. yeah, it's, it's still 100% still counts. So, but you talk about your, your weight loss and how, you know, people come to you for guidance and whatnot. Now you, now you also do coaching for people for macronutrients and per, personal, uh, uh, coaching and what and stuff like, how did you get into that? Uh, so that kind of, I don't, I don't want to say happened by accident. Number one, cause it sounds really cliche and it was, uh, but it was never like part of the plan, right? Because it, it, it really just started out as like, I got to lose weight. And then I did it. And then once I did it, I kept it off, right? And then in your life, if you lose a significant amount of weight, people don't not notice, right? So they start right. asking you about it, asking you about it. Uh, so then my wife, actually, I helped her lose a lot of weight, which I don't necessarily count as coaching experience, right? Because it was a very different dynamic <laughs> than I have with my clients. Uh, but then I had a buddy who wanted to kind of do the same thing. And we worked at that data center together, like I was talking about. So we, um, I helped him and like, I guess the, you know, selfishly, the feeling that I got from doing it felt like it felt good, right? It feels good to help people. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's no different from, you know, you're donating to charities, things like that. It's just a little more direct and less financial, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, still felt really good to help him do that. And he was, you know, he's so stoked that then I tried to open it up and I was like, you know, is anybody else interested in and all of a sudden you do a couple for a couple for free, right. Just to try to get some experience and get people results. Uh, and then slow. And that was three year a while ago. <laughs> uh, and it's just been slowly progressing ever since. And now it's actually, that's like my main gig now. So like, I'm pretty, yeah, pretty stoked to, Cause it's, it's a nice marriage, right. Of things that I'm passionate about. Cause like the, I mean, the diet, the food and stuff's all easy. Right. But like, I enjoyed the lifestyle benefit or the life that I kind of had an opportunity for, right. Talking about losing weight. Like, you know, we were talking, we were naming all these examples, can't tie your shoes, can't walk up the stairs, can't walk a mile. You're really limited in like your full enjoyment of life. Right. Cause then all of a sudden like, Oh, Disney world's the most magical place on earth, but it's a lot of damn walking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so like it, you're just, you've automatically been shut off from certain things. So like, that was the big thing for me. It was like, I want to help people get to a place where like, whether it be jujitsu or if they want to go to Disney world, like I said, or if they just want to like not be, not feel out of breath when they tie their shoes. Right. It's like whatever what they want to pursue. I just want to help people get there. Uh, so that's kind of what I've built it around that passion. But yeah, progressed is just like helping friends to, Oh, I, everyone that I help, it seems to work. Right. So maybe I kind of know. So then I would try to help more people at this point. I've been doing like supplemental, right? Like education stuff, trying to stay up on it. Um, to like try to remain subject matter expert, so to speak. Uh, it's important to say like not a nutritionist, right? Cause I'm not trying to help you like 
naturally increase testosterone levels or any of these things. It's just purely you want to lose weight and I can help you do it. And what I believe is a, the most flexible and uh, sustainable way possible, which are not sexy words. That's kind of hard to sell, right? Um, but it's kind of, it's what lasts. That's why I still haven't gained more weight, right? Stuff like that. So do you have any like certificates or done any courses or whatnot to help you talk about, you do some educational stuff. Have you done anything like uh, certificate wise or anything like that to, to be, get your knowledge? Uh, not, not as related to diet. I've just done like courses, so to speak, like at informational educational things. Um, I was ACE personal trainer certified, which it's funny because now what I do, I talked about at the beginning, diets like the big driver, right? And now this, based on the nature of what I'm doing with coaching, fitness is like a secondary piece. I only help people who want to do that, but they don't necessarily need to. And like we talked about, it looks different for everyone. Uh, so I let that expire. Like I didn't renew or keep up with my continuing credits to stay with that. Um, but I still have that knowledge base, right? So that's the only thing in terms of certifications I've had was a personal trainer certification. Um, and even that isn't the most directly helpful thing, right? Because it's like I said, diet is the biggest um, factor. And then the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily think about unless you've been real heavy are like habits and lifestyle things like little triggers, like you get so used to d dessert after dinner. And now all of a sudden, that's a behavior that you've done for 15 years. So that's like now I have like, how am I going to stop this or make an adjustment to where it's less detrimental, right? And talking about like healthier options. I don't like the term healthy uh, per se, because it kind of gets like marketed <laughs> in a way, right? Like healthy rel relative to what, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. but you can make better and worse choices, right? So I'm just all about trying to move people towards a better choice. Well, I was going to say better choices, man. If you saw the choice selection at our work, it's amazing, isn't it? Like if you Horrible. want some food. It's so bad. <laughs> like funny story, Travis hasn't been at work for a while, but they just redid all the cafeteria rooms. Uh, so they're open like 24-7 so you can get oh, really? nutritious food now. What that nutritious food is, is they put in all these warming stations in those big-ass sandwiches you get out of a vending machine. Oh, my God. I don't know what they are. They look like grilled chicken patties yeah, or something. Yeah. They're sitting in all these things hot, so you could just go. I was like, man, I wish they could get some healthy choices in there somewhere. Yeah, right. And then, like you said, it's like better or worse choices. It's like I could go to the vending machine, or and it's like I could go to the vending machine get a bag of chips or some candy or something like that, or is it really better for me to go get that, like, Super highly processed chicken breast sandwich. That it's like eighty percent chicken, twenty percent. Who knows? You know, I don't. I don't even know what <laughs> it is. No, uh, I read uh, one of Jocko's books, that discipline book. And I, one of the things I took out of that is like, look, if there's no option, if there's no substitute, just don't eat. Oh, I, and yeah. like that's just what I'm doing now when I'm there. I'm like, there's nothing, so I'll just wait. You're not going to starve to death for eight hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's 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 a hard thing too, right? Is because people hunger is like a hard thing for people to to fight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people getting hangry and or you're just bored. And you're you bored. Snack, that's that's you know probably I mean? my biggest like, one. Is I'll be like, oh man, I'm watching TV. I'm gonna go grab you know a heavenly hunk and like <laughs> eat this heavenly hunk or <laughs> eat a bowl of popcorn or something like that, right? And like. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's easy to say, like, I'm just not going to eat until, you know, you're overweight already and you're trying to do the right thing. And then you're like, oh, they, I have to eat something. I have to eat something. And you start consciously like telling yourself, it's okay. I can eat this. It's, it's only one time. It's whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you it's just today for the yeah. fourth day in a yeah. row. So yeah. For the, yeah. <laughs> 
So do you think because your your weight loss journey and how much you've lost and been successful, do you think people come to you because you've been there, you know what it's like, and they want someone that can be relatable? Because it's hard to be, you know, two, 300 pounds overweight, and then you see a guy rocking six-pack abs that's never been fat in his life trying to trying to tell you what it's like right. to be fat. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. I, I hate – I shouldn't say fat. That's kind of like – but you know what I mean? Like, I use it's, it. it's hard. It's like, it's funny. That's fat. Just not to go off too much on the side thing, but like the, the fat where it's yeah. like, I use it. Cause it's like, I don't know. I got, maybe I'm not sensitive enough or maybe people are too sensitive or whatever. The yeah. reason like, but I like fat because I never mean it in a derogatory sense. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like fat and it's, and mostly fat for me, I, most of the, my uses of it now are like mental. So like when I said I ate like an asshole this weekend, I'd be like, oh, I was fat this weekend. That's probably how I, that, <laughs> if I didn't say ate like an asshole, I, that's what I would have said. Like this is how yeah. I kind of use it. So don't, I guess for me, don't feel bad, but I don't know how the ratings, reviews, comment sections will feel, but we'll see, right? It remains right. to be seen. Uh, but yeah, I, I know from feedback that I've gotten from clients that a big appeal of it is that I have gone through the same thing, right? They, a lot of people, and, and this is a oddly common theme for me, but they work with the always had six pack coach, like you're describing, right. And they put in maybe for a whole month or like six weeks or something with that person. And they're just, there is just a disconnect for whatever reason. Right. But it's, it is a lot of it, I think has to do with just lack of shared experience. Right. Which isn't a problem. It's like the way I compare it is, well, I've had women come to me, but then we decide not to, right. Cause it just doesn't, they would probably do better working with a woman. Right. And that's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, if I'm, if I have 50 pounds to lose it, almost anyone could coach me for the most part, right. Depending on what your deep seated issues are, but like almost anyone could work with you at that point, right. They always had six pack guy can get 50 pounds off you relatively easy. But when you're talking a hundred, 150 pounds, that type of thing, um, that's where it's deeper than just, Oh, I eat a little too much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, every time I get sad or stressed, I eat, or every time there's, like a celebration I eat. Oh, I'm, I ate a whole pizza for dinner and that now it seems normal to me. Right. Like I remember going to parties where they'd have pizza for everyone. And you're sit, I was sitting there, do the math, right. You look at how many boxes there's eight slices per pizza. Right. And you look like, like all the numbers start coming past your face. Right. It's like, so how much could I get away with eating without it looking like I ate too much pizza? Oh, whatever, wow. right? So like, yeah, there's, there's little like, and that's, I mean, not little, right. That's kind of, that's a pretty big significant, like, issue that you need to work on but what I'm it's just these little nuances of living in that space that I think a lot of people unless you've done it right you don't really understand you can sympathize or empathize with it right but you can't get it without having done it uh and then when I talk to some of my peers I can also I also get the impression that some of the ones who haven't been as overweight don't lack that connectivity piece right but it's the there's gonna be a different coach that works for everyone but yeah I find that the more weight someone has to lose the more appeal or at least benefit there seems to be when they come to me so yeah i i think i think that's why people like our podcast not not to pat ourselves on the back you know what i'm saying but uh, (laughs) i think that's why people like our our podcast so much too is because we're we're two blue belts that are dads that have day-to-day responsibilities real jobs you know what i mean like we would love to have this be our full-time job and and whatnot and pay the bills uh but I mean, realistically, it's not going to happen anytime soon, you know? And so I think that's why people 
are do like this podcast so much is because we do have a relatable story. We are just average people. You know, we're not fourth, fifth degree black belts that have been doing this for 30 years. And like we talked about before recording, like, you know, we're so disconnected from the daily struggles or what it is like to be there. Like, yeah, they have a lot of knowledge because they've been doing it so long. But it's sometimes it's nice to hear from your peers. You know what I mean? Like someone that's been there, someone that was just there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure someone would love to hear as John points of view as a 44 year old man with injuries and whatnot, how he maintains his jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you like to hear from people that look and sound similar to you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, for sure. Some people, and there's some another people... overlap, right? Because I, I said I'm going to bring it up several times, but it is. There's, there's here's another overlap. It's like you know, we're talking to, we're trying to talk to like people who are fresher, right. And you bring on people like me, right. More definitely more normal, not high level competitor, right. Not a black belt. Uh, but I think like you were saying, the black belts tend to be so far removed from being a white belt that you kind of forget the little things. And that's yeah similar uh, within weight loss. It's like, I, one thing I do like about coaching is that it's helped me not become too far removed from those problems that I went through because they're still, even though they're not directly mine, I'm, they're still on my mind or like I'm in, in experiencing them or interacting with these types of issues like on a daily basis. Right. So, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, there's definitely you, you want to try to avoid the disconnect because the relatability helps for sure. So good job. Well done. Pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Put it. Give us a five star review on iTunes. I appreciate that. <laughs> so but you, you mentioned that, uh, you know. Your your schedule with your kids and everything like that. Do you have kids in jujitsu? Like, what what sports do they play? Uh, well, they've all tried it. Uh, so my oldest, my son, he is eleven. Uh, he tried it, didn't didn't love it, and so he goes on the fence about wanting to like join, and quit, and join and quit. So like working on that one. That's a work in progress. My middle daughter, she is our all around athlete, uh, and she still she does it twice a week. Uh, cause that's all she can really fit in cause she's, she's our busy one. So she does travel soccer, parks and rec soccer, and she does jujitsu. So like she's on technically three soccer teams and then jujitsu. So she's very busy. She is their biggest time suck in the most loving way possible. <laughs> uh, and then our youngest, she plays rec soccer and she does acrobatics. She's tried jujitsu and it's encouraging for me. Cause a lot of the acrobatic stuff that they do seems to translate over pretty well. Like she just seems to be of all my kids, the one who, probably did decent like the best with stepping out right most naturally ready but i don't know if her interest levels there i think she wants to keep doing uh acro so but and my son plays flag or tackle football depending on the season so we got football one football team four, three to four soccer teams then we got jujitsu we got acrobatics uh but yeah so my middle but i only have one who does it actively she got, always goes twice a week and I actually help uh teach that class which is how that has also been uh I've, I've enjoyed, like, I wasn't excited. I'm not going to lie. Work with kids, right. Do the teaching. It's like, I love my kids, but I wouldn't say I'm a kid person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. So, I hate other people's kids. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> so it, there was like a cringy, like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I guess I'll help. Cause like she's in the class and you know, that's like, this is what I should do. And this is my duty. Like I want to be, I want to show up and teach jujitsu. Like I tried to tell myself all the right things. Um, and I go, but I will say this, I am now I kind of get excited because Obviously, the kids never do anything super complex. It's a lot of fundamental things, but they has to be explained in such a simplified way that I've actually found myself learning things better by teaching, which I know is like a 
<clears throat> that's, you know, everybody says you learn by teaching. And so, and now I guess I've experienced it because I agree. Uh, but I think that's been a nice benefit as well, not to get too far away from your original question, but, um, but yeah, teaching the kids, cause I have to explain everything very simply, uh, even basic things and make it even simpler, which helps my brain process it. So, but yeah, very busy, yeah. lots of sports, mostly with balls. <laughs> There's your segue. No. Yeah, I'm about to say. uh, Well, luckily, coming up is uh, Father's Day, right, John? It is. And what is a great gift that we can get for Father's Day? I would say uh, the whole Manscaped package. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking like good daddy material this June. (laughs) Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair. Ah, like your little well, 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 pepper, bro. They're talking about me right there. <laughs> oh, let's see. It's the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is a no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer... You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ETP20, baby, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad, Bob, will thank you. <laughs> so Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind. The performance package 4.0 is here and just in time for your pop's special day. Inside the package, you'll find a Mon Mower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop uh, preserver ball deodorant, my favorite, uh, the crop revive toner, Performance boxer briefs and the traveling bag to hold all his goodies. I'm not gonna lie, uh, they just released the boxer 2.0s, and I'm actually I really want to buy a pair to see what they're like. But the the first set of boxers are fantastic. I absolutely love them. If you guys haven't bought a pair yet, they are worth the money. And like I always talk about, that that uh, crop preserver ball deodorant it is the business. I like that travel bag. The travel yeah, bag. I'm not nice gonna too. lie, because you know like. I'm sure every guy on the planet has all their stuff in yeah. the, in the re- bathroom, you know, everywhere. My wife's like, can you like put it in that drawer, put it in this drawer now? Just keep everything in that bag. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. I just put everything in the bag this morning. Actually, I trimmed my, my facial hair with my, my, uh, ball trimmer, my ball Good trimmer. Job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cause I got a butt chin. So it's, it's basically the same thing. It's made for the curves. Yeah. <laughs> what else are some, some great points about the, the, the package there, John? Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. Man, I would not want a, uh, an accident anywhere around that area. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, also has a 400K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. All right, guys, just remember, get 20% off and free shipping with code ETP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using code ETP20. Shake what your mama gave you. <laughs> nah. Shake what your daddy gave you with Manscaped.com. <laughs> oh, man. We're selling out so bad. <laughs> so, hey, uh, Ben, have you ever tried any Manscaped products? Well, you know what's funny is I was going to ask if I was allowed to add on to the, the ad break. Yeah, but I got yeah, for Christmas, Christmas year before last, I got what I'm pretty sure is exactly the package that you were just describing for Father's Day. The, the nose hair trimmer got the lawnmower, uh, underwear, and the, the deodorizer and yep. the preserver. Yeah. Uh, I love the deodorizer and the preserver, and I still use the uh, – the only thing I should probably work on is using the nose hair one a little more. 
Yeah, uh, it's probably the camera's at an upward angle for today. <laughs> but uh, but no, I actually really uh, I really like those things. <clears throat> I really like all the products that I that I got and that I used, and I've actually gotten more. Uh, and I don't get a code or anything, so this is non biased. But ETP twenty, from what I hear, was saving twenty percent. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot, Vin. So, but so, what was it like when you first started competing in jiu-jitsu? Like, did you compete as a white belt, or was it just like you're like, I got my blue, now I want to compete, and now I'm a purple, I want to compete? Like, did you did you have com- competition in your mind the whole time? Yeah, I so I did, and this goes back to which now I can look back at it and I can tell you it was like making up for lost time, right? Because it was like I never did anything competitive, physical, nothing. So, and then back to the obsessive part. So I signed up September, 2017 was when I signed up. And then in that December, I did a tournament. It had a novice division. So like nine months and under, um, which helped, right. It wasn't just like broad white belt lumping. So like that definitely helped me, but even then I did it. So that's, uh, three months of training, probably less based on how the weeks work out, right. Like two and a half months. Uh, and I got, I did get third in a four man bracket, which I, I was proud, very proud of. I still am. I don't want to diminish it. Right. Like I was proud of it then. Um, uh, but I st- looking back on it, it was probably too, like sooner than I would recommend to most people. Right. L- learn from my mistakes. Don't repeat them. Right. That's what I'm trying to. So like that was, and it was a submission only tournament, which also mm-hmm. made it brutal. Cause there were no, it was submission only, but no time. Uh, oh, and wow. I guess I never realized what I was what I was really getting into there. So that, and that was in no gi. And then I also did the gi. Every time I compete, I do both. Uh, I'm not a one, I don't do one or the other, but, uh, and then in gi, I, I just absolutely got wrecked. That wasn't even, that's not worth sharing. Right. That was a very, the winner learn. And I did a lot of learning right on that day and in that division. (laughs) Um, and then I basically, again, for that first year, it was pretty frequent. I think I did one every like quarterly, I guess was probably how it worked out. Um, on average, because I think there were like two that were within a month, right? And then a longer break. But, um, but yeah, I competed, I think, f- four times, five times at White Belt. Um, same at Blue Belt, which I was there longer. So my, I actually competed less frequently. But And most of them – so when I got promoted, every time I've gotten promoted, I just recently did this with my Purple Belt. It's like every time I get promoted, I get super in my own head because it's like, oh – well, like, you know, upper, like the, that's the best white belt version I was ever going to be. And now all of a sudden I'm the worst blue belt version I, I'm ever going to be. Right. So I was like, oh, that's I'm good not, way to look at it. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'm not going to compete. Right. Like I'm, this is, so like, I need to be a better blue belt before I compete. So I waited a while before I actually started. Uh, and another, yeah, four or five. My most recent one was in 2020. Well, yeah, it was 2021. It was last year. Uh, and I got my first gold medal. It was in a Naga tournament, which is cool. Um, so I was really pleased and happy with that. And then after that tournament, I got promoted and I kind of went through something similar where I was like, Oh, now I'm the worst purple belt I'm ever going to be. I got, I got to get better. Um, especially because in most organizations that I was looking at purple belt for Nogi gets lumped into advanced. So it's Brown, black, purple, right? So like I wasn't, I didn't love that. (laughs) I didn't love the thought of that. (laughs) Um, but I actually found I have a tournament, uh, a grappling industries tournament in July where they have no gi sectioned out as purple only and then a brown black no gi. So I'm actually I signed up for that, which will make me I'll actually start competing at purple belt quicker than I competed at blue belt. And I hope to get more than five this time, especially because I'll be here for a while. Right. But like 
I love competing. Like, even if I lose, I don't love losing, but I enjoy competing. So even if I lose, I, I can handle it, right? Like, I'm okay with it. Um, again, just going back to scratching this weird itch that I never got to scratch with peewee football or t-ball or baseball or anything like that. It's so interesting, though, that you mentioned like you don't want to compete at a certain level when you first get promoted because it. I feel like you're never going to have that moment of feeling like, okay, I'm ready. Right. Like agreed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel yeah. like and this isn't criticizing you, but I, I'm sure there's people out there that they're like, well, I just started. I don't want to compete yet until I at least have a stripe on my belt. And then they get the stripe on their belt. and They're like, well, actually, you know what? I should probably wait a little bit because, you know, they just they they put these barriers in front of themselves and kind of segueing into weight loss. Right. You put these barriers in front of yourself on why you can't do something and then you're just holding yourself back. So if you are out there, Ben luckily was able to convince them or not convince, but put that that goal in and still do it. But if you're out there and you feel like you're always just not making an excuse, but holding yourself back and you don't realize it. Like why, why, why not compete when you first start? You know what I mean? We've met some people where they were like literally, I think Kate, uh, Katie Egan competed two months into her jujitsu journey and has never stopped. You know what I mean? She's like, I got my butt kicked, but you know, and I feel like, I mean, I've never competed, but that's just because competing isn't my thing. Like I, I don't, competitiveness is not in my blood anymore maybe in my 20s <laughs> but now it's like uh, eh, i'm okay i might do one here or there but i'm i'm okay with not competing right mm -hmm. some people they, they have this mindset of like i want to compete i want to compete but then when it goes to pulling the trigger they're like wait but maybe you know they get that <laughs> that 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 self-doubt that imposter syndrome or something like that do you ever get anything feeling like that there john nope I don't think, uh, I mean, I've just, like I said, I think every case is just individual if they're going to do it or not. I've tried it, and it, it was fine, and now I just think, uh, I don't really want to risk any injuries at this point. Yeah, like, 401k to worry about. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see, maybe, in the future. Mm. Yeah, well, I've so, had people, going back to, like, it's ever since that My White Belt post, I've had a lot more jujitsu people end up on my page. Um, and I'll have people message me, like, they're a white belt, and they kind of ask about, compete, like, should I compete in order to like progress? Essentially, I think the way it was framed was like, they really wanted to get promoted, like get a stripe. So they're like, do you think competing will help? And um, I mean, my answer is like, not necessarily. Right. Cause it's like, you, you'll, your promotion will come based on skill and like, you don't have to compete, right. To make that progress in skill. Right. So yeah. I can definitely acknowledge that for me, it, the, the competition part is almost separate. I mean, obviously, right. They're tremendously related to each other. Um, but like competing is like you said, right. It doesn't do anything for you. You kind of, you used all that competitive energy up. Right. Um, and that's where I go back to like having never used it before, <laughs> maybe getting too mad about monopoly. Like when I was 20, or something, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? but like never, never really competing in or for anything. Uh, so like I, I recognize where that comes from for me. And, um, and yeah, that's why, that's why I tried to catch myself sooner this time and actually sign up for a tournament closer right to promotion day i did have and you're talking about excuses i had the excuse for these last few months of sports right kids sports i can't train the way i need to to compete yada yada yeah. and like any and that was kind of the last straw so to speak because when i caught myself doing that i was like you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and sign up for something uh, i did put it in the summer because that will be the slowest time right so i will be completely absent or free from excuses so yeah i just saw i, I think i do definitely agree with 
pretty much everything you said. And that goes back to when I was like, please learn from what I'm doing. So you do not do the same dumb shit that I've done. Yeah. <laughs> so what does it look like for you leading up to a tournament? Uh, well, so I try to keep three to four times a week for jujitsu training specifically. Um, I do, I lift three days a week. Also, I was working with a coach for a while. He's a jujitsu specific strength and conditioning coach. Um, his name's Joshua Setlich. Uh, he's, he, my friend Mark Bell is probably a more popular name. Um, and he worked in the super training gym with Mark Bell, but, uh, it was, so he helped me with my lap, my most recent tournament where I got the gold medal. Uh, and he got me kind of lifting and doing more like strength stuff. Uh, I let jujitsu take care of the conditioning. So three lifting days, four jujitsu days. If you want to talk, I hate using big words like this because it's not as formal as it sounds. But if I think about like what a training camp is, I essentially take like the six weeks to really hone in. So I'm not going to like the way that I ate this weekend. Once I'm six weeks out from that tournament, I won't have weekends like that. Right. Got to clean that all that up to try to keep the weight trending. Um, workouts will be intense. And then I kind of back off them for the last week. Uh, and jujitsu is the same way. Start flowing like the last week, kind of recover a little more, uh, but keep it pretty intense for the first four to five. Um, I'm by no means an expert. So that's just the approach I found that worked well the last two times I competed. So I'm just going to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. I'll just keep rolling with <laughs> right. it. Keep rolling with it this time uh, until I see a reason to change. But yeah, essentially like I take six weeks is what I really consider like getting ready for. Uh, Cause that usually gives me enough time to do, get my weight wherever I need it to be. Uh, and that gives me time to like train at the intensity that I want, but also have enough time to recover. If that makes sense. It seems to be a sweet spot, but who knows, maybe it'll change. What, what does it look like before you step on the mat? Like, are you listening to music? Are you meditating? Are you, uh, giving high fives to random people? Like what, what do you do? <laughs> um, so I enjoy it when I enjoy it when the team's there, right? Cause I've had tournaments or competitions where I just go like by myself or there's only like two or three of us. Um, I really enjoy when there's like the gym, right? Even people who aren't competing will show up sometimes depending on how far it is. Right. Um, so I, I really like those. So I'll try to not distract myself, but keep myself positive because I do tend to get in my head a little bit, right? If that wasn't obvious by the saying like, well, now I'm the worst purple belt I'm going to be, right? So I'm trying to avoid spiraling into one of those less productive conversations with myself. Uh, so I like, I'll usually try to essentially distract myself. Music I find is nice, but it can, it can kind of do, it gives, still gives me too much time to think, right? It's not engaging enough. Um, so I'm typically talking to people, fortunately, also have my wife and my kids there most of the time. Uh, so I can use them as a, an element of distraction. And funny enough, watching other matches go on um, as long as I, I've, so this is only backfired one time, but watching other matches <laughs> go on for the most part keeps me calm. I did see one thing where it was like, whoa, I'll never, it, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're talking about comparing on social media. You're like, I'll never be able to do that. So uh, I did see one time I was like, it got in my head a little bit. Cause I was like, how could I, if he does that, how am I going to, so that doesn't matter, right? But for the most part, watching the match is a nice distraction because I just try to observe, see what they're doing. Oh, he should do that, right? He should bring his foot over, like little things. Um, so I just try to keep it, maybe meditation, but I can't let my mind be too free, right? Because I try to keep the energy where I want it, right? Not too low because then when I step out, I'm not ready to go, uh, but definitely not too high because that's when I start getting in my head making the wrong kind of mistakes, right? Just kind of like, pleasant, fun conversation with whoever I can kind of get it from or watching a match. Um, but music is kind of, yeah, music goes either way, kind of depends. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm relatively chill. I 
for better or worse, take very few things serious so I can easily find humor and bring myself into like calming myself down if I start getting too serious. But at the same time, I can't get in my head. And I ultimately, the ultimate goal is to avoid doing that, whether I'm using music, conversation, watching matches, right? It's just an avoid the negative talk more so than any specific thing that I'm doing. At the so time. when you win, do you do you rip your gi open? You go, ah! Like those uh, juiced up steroid black belts? Uh, I don't. I uh, it, <laughs> My wife has said that my, my facial expression is largely the same whether I win or lose. Um, I've assured her that the feeling inside is different. I probably feel similar <laughs> to rip my gi off. Uh, and maybe that's just because shirtless confidence is a new, it's a relatively new experience <laughs> for me in life, right? Like it was, I was t-shirt at the pool for a quarter century, right? Basically, because of 25 years before I was ever take my shirt off in front of people. Uh, so like, I probably won't be tearing my gi open anytime soon. Uh, but I've, yeah, she's actually, I actually seem like a lack of emotion, but I'm very, yeah, I get, I get pretty hype. Uh, you'll, you'll notice it most. I think once I've had time, like times removed, like once I can get off the mat and catch my breath, right. My heart rate comes like to normalish or normalizes. And then it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was, you know, that was dope. Like I feel good now. Uh, but then it would be inappropriate because you know, you're at dinner. I can't tear my shirt open. So yeah. yeah. How I mean, about you could, how about coaching? True. Do you like, do you like when you're getting coached from the sideline where they're yelling out move or do this or do that? Like, how uh, do you like that? I don't mind having one person coach me. <laughs> uh, you don't like a crowd? You you like, ben, ben. Yes. Especially if, if they're, I don't want to say conflicting cause they never tell you opposite things, but if they're, you know, there's, there's, a, there's at least four escapes, right. For everything more or less. So it's like they're giving you different instructions or trying to send you in a different direction than the other person. So I like having one cause it's helpful, but then once you get too many voices going, I tend to tune everyone out and just kind of do my thing, I'm, which I'm like, they can hear you too. <laughs> like, that's also, yeah, that is a thing, you know? Grab his arm, and they're like, "No," and they just pick. Yeah, him. right. Like <laughs> immediately. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> Text it to me. Put me in the earpiece. Well, you got to learn sign language. That'd be the yeah. that'd be the move. There, yeah. there you go. Or you can learn like baseball calls. You know, they're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> if you can't see me, I'm making stupid gestures into the camera. And <laughs> My buddy asked for feedback. He was like, "Hey, was was it helpful when I was coaching?" And I was like, "Honestly, the the most helpful thing to me was when you would say what time it was. Like, <laughs> one minute left, fifteen oh, that, seconds. That is I what I do helps. love. Those yeah. yes, yeah. I do love those because like, it tells you yep. if you got to turn it on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're like they're like two and a half minutes left. Like, God damn, we could have waited a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they're like fifteen seconds. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, we uh. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever compete. Um, I don't. We, we have some people in our gym that that compete, and they uh they love it. Yeah. They love it, man. Like, but tell you the truth, they're also the youngest people in the gym that don't have actual day job. Well, they have actual day jobs, but they you know they don't have families. They they might have a girlfriend or something like that, but you know like no responsibilities like we have. So I'm like, their obligations to you, man. list it's, is short. Yeah, you know, yeah. more power to them, and I'll be there for them, and hopefully they start winning more and, you know, it gets them promoted faster because, you know, they're crushing people, you know, and it's like, it comes to the point where you're in your jujitsu journey where, yeah, back when we first started, I would be like, man, this guy's competing and winning. He's going to get promoted faster than me, or, you know, he's going to get stripes before me. But now I'm like, man, eh, eh, whatever. Good for them. I'm, I, I honestly am happy for them when they win or lose or learn or whatever. Like now you get to a point in your life where 
you realize like jujitsu isn't everything for me anymore. Like I don't even like really watching jujitsu tournaments. To tell you the truth, I know it's it's it sounds bad having a jujitsu podcast, but I'm not a student <laughs> of the game like that. You know what I mean? Like I find watching some jujitsu pretty boring. Uh, unless it's like combat jujitsu yes, or like EBI, I think EBI is really entertaining because you know, or fight to win, where it's just I don't know the whole platform and they get hyped up and everything like that. But like watching uh, IBJJF, honestly, really kind of boring to me. I yeah. don't know. I always <laughs> watch the highlights from those, it's like the big tournaments, right? Like yeah. even ADCC, it's like I'll just you know I'll catch the reels like after the fact for anything yeah. that was like wild or impressive or relevant. Because uh, I agree with you, like the fight to win, like I don't. Well, the super fights. Like, I don't love the, I don't love the term, ju- the calling jujitsu a fight necessarily. Right. Like, but, um, I mean, combat jujitsu is close, but still not right. Still not quite there. Yeah. Same. But, um, the super fights, like, like you said, where it's like an event, this person, this person, you get hyped up. Those are also more, much more appealing to me than like bracketed format tournaments with most people that you don't know. And like, yeah. Yeah. And then points like playing, but points too. no one ever trying to like, actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. so yeah, yeah i agree as much as i love it i fully agree that it's it can definitely be pretty boring yeah absolutely so hey ben so what would your one tip for a brand new white belt be for starting their jujitsu journey that you've learned over time uh well i apologize for i guess digging back and pulling something up that we already talked about but the biggest thing that i had to do and i think the most important thing for everyone to do is just at least think about if, or reframe how you look at success. We talked about it, right? Like instead of looking at, Oh, I, if I don't get the submission, like if I don't win, I lost, so to speak, or he tapped me twice. I got him once. Like, so now it, I lost. Right. So it, I, I think you have to change how you look at progress. Right. So, and it can be little things like, Oh, I actually, I showed up all three days this week. Like we, for us, we talked about the obsessive part. It can become it. It can go one, but it can go the other way too. People will sign up. They're really interested, but then they're afraid or nervous, right? They make excuses, right? So even just committing to a schedule, say I'm going to show up twice a week, showing up twice a week, that is a form of progress, right? That's a win. Sucking less, right? So like going from tapping five times to three times from tapping three times to zero times. And then slowly the scale starts to tip the other direction. And then you're getting, then you're getting submissions, right? So then they're tapping to you. So don't yeah expectate temper your expectations right and reframe the way that you look at success maybe focus more on progress right so like the advancement that you're making than the direct end result itself that would be the biggest thing for me personally yeah and the sooner you realize what your goals are the faster you'll progress because you'll know exactly what you're looking for you know what i mean not having goals is 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 not good. Benjamin Franklin said, "Failing to prepare is fa- uh, preparing to fail." You know what I mean. So if you're not, yeah. if you don't know where you want to go, then you're never going to get there. It's like taking a road. It's like taking a road trip with no final destination. Yeah, it's going to be fun on the way there. You might stop to see some cool things, but at the end of the day, at one point, you're going to be like, "Okay, but what do I really want to do? <laughs> where do we do it? Yeah, <laughs> where, where do I actually want to go? Because I can't keep living a life like this." Yeah. So, John, you got anything else? No, man, that's good advice. And, uh, you know, like I tell everyone all the time, I still try to talk people to come to classes, you know, <laughs> getting in there like, well, what's it like? And I'm like, man, I'm like, if you do it for six months, you could probably defend yourself on anyone on the street that's yep. never done it, right? A good six 100%. months. I said, uh, at some point during that first year, you get where you're, you're not so much uh, worried about your self-defense because you've gotten that. Now your focus switches to kind of like 
beating other jujitsu practitioners. And yeah. it's just, you know, it, but I, I just try to talk them into that first six months. And normally that hooks them and then they're, they're good yeah, for the rest of right. it. The, the jujitsu does the rest of the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get bit by the bug and they're like, ah, oh, I showed up. All right. It's, yeah. let's, I might as well keep going. The hardest part is showing up. It's kind of like with everything, right? Like going to the gym, the hardest part is showing up to the gym. And then it's easy from there. It, the hardest part is getting off your couch and taking that first step into a new journey, whether it's weight loss, fitness, jujitsu, martial, any type of martial arts. That once you make that first step, it gets a whole lot easier from there but it also gets a whole lot harder in other aspects yeah. <laughs> so but hey ben thank you so much for coming on the show day man this was a great conversation you did not talk a lot like you were you were profess uh, before this uh, i think you answered the questions beautifully and uh, i think people are going to find a lot of value in what you have to say man so thank you so much for coming on no thank you for having me i'm glad that it was not too much rambling i did try to consciously back myself up but not make sure i didn't like <laughs> not say anything either too you know what i mean i'm sure there were a couple times where i talked over interrupted so thank you for being a gracious supportive host but yeah thanks guys for doing this i've recently found your podcast i think i came in at the drew phoenix episode uh oh, and i've nice. gone back i've gone bounced back around and listened like you had chad wesley smith on which has some overlap yep. for me from the like the more of the fitness space yeah, um, Jason so I was I, And that I actually, funny enough, after you sent me the invite, I started listening to that one. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy listening to it. I've really enjoyed being on here today. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, thank you. Hey, if people want to follow you and, and look at your journey or talk to you about nutrition help or whatever. Where where can they find you at? Uh, so my, the place I'm the busiest or the most active, you can find me on Instagram. It's at ben.jitsu, ben period jitsu. Um, you can check, I have a website, it's benjitsu.online. If you just go to that, uh, or I check out my podcast too. It's not necessarily as much about the coaching and it is not jujitsu focused, although there are jujitsu athletes who've been on going back to talking about Drew Phoenix one more time. He was on my show as well. Um, but yeah, that's the what now podcast. And you can find that on Instagram too, at what.now.pod. But for the most part, find me on Instagram that links out to everything. You can send me a message. Uh, you can just scroll through and see what I'm about. Cause I try to just, you know, do my thing, like I said, for better or worse. <laughs> so. Well, cool. hopefully you get a bunch of, uh, followers from this. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. We're not a very big podcast, so we probably, That's fine. I'll get the elbows, <laughs> tight, <laughs> the elbows tight bump and followers. That's right, you're like... <laughs> What's funny is like when people say elbows tight now, you'll always remember us. Okay. Just, just remember that. Yeah. It's funny that already started, but now it's solidified after today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Ben. Guys, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Elbows Tight everywhere, Elbows Tight Pod on Instagram. Uh, we are we have patches. If you guys want a patch, make sure that you guys send us a, a patch. Our, a P.O. box is going to be down in the description and, and on our Instagram and everything like that. Give us a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes. That's uh, how we actually get found by people like Manscaped and all the sponsors and whatnot. So that actually does make the biggest difference if you guys give us a five-star review and uh, share with a friend. So thank you guys so much. John, you got anything else? Nope. Thanks a lot, man. Pleasure. Thank you guys for watching. And remember, no oil checks here. Oof. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.